Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. I am so freaking stoked to introduce you all to a very sweet friend that I met at a farmer's market five years ago, Sarah with Hex Studio, who makes one-of-a-kind hats in her 40-foot school bus that she renovated and affectionately calls Lucy. All of the hats that she makes also are solar-powered, so it's a sustainable fashion. So, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Taylor, my sweet sister, thank you so much for having me on today. I am so excited to be here. I can't believe we just spent a half an hour talking before we even hit record. I mean, I can believe it, but I'm so, so grateful for for the time we had before this call to connect. Sarah, I want to hear about, I'm just going to have you lay the foundation and share your story with us. How did you get to be Hex Studio, why hats? What were you doing before you were this wildly amazing, powerful, empowering, all the things entrepreneur? Tell me everything. Thank you for all the kind words. Hex Studio is actually celebrating seven years of being in business, which is pretty amazing. Hex Studio grew from honestly some very, very low challenging hard points in my life. It was probably some of the lowest that I've ever been. And it was over 11 years ago, somebody who was very, very close to me had passed away and they actually had died in my arms, taking their last breaths. And life became very real to me in the fact that life is short. And whether you make it to 20 or 99 to 50, anywhere in between there, again, life is honestly very short. It happens so fast. And in that moment, I was like, I literally am never going to do anything I don't want to do again, which sounds pretty like I'm never doing anything I don't want to do again. (laughs) But it literally started this fire. It was this drive. You're absolutely going to have to do things that aren't your favorite, but I'm not going to get the corporate nine to five job. I'm not. That's not me. It doesn't fill my cup. It may fill my bank account with money, but that's not what the value is for me. My value is time, my quality of life, what I'm actually doing. What does it matter that I'm doing to this world, for this world, back to the world? So, and you know, with losing somebody who was very close in that way, I was in some very deep mourning, loss, grief. And one of my very best friends, her name is Margot. She was like, yo, how about I can sew faster than you? And I was like, girl, I don't even know how to sew, but I know I can definitely out sew you. And we were like, all right, let's get some dueling sewing machines out. So we got sewing machines out and we were like, okay, well, what are we going to even sew to have like this sew off? My friend Margot, she's really into seeing widespread panic. So she was going to a widespread panic show 
And in that kind of culture, they gift a lot of gifts. So she's like, I'm making koozies. And so I was like, ooh, okay, well, she's got an idea of what her medium is going to be. What is mine? So I went to the local thrift store and I found a blank trucker hat and it had been used. You could definitely see somebody had sweated in it. It was definitely a little dirty. And I was like, I am going to sew a swatch and put it onto a hat. And literally that was the first hat that I ever made. And again, the medium had just, I don't even know how hats, like why not a shirt? Why not a pair of pants? A hat just kind of fell in my lap. So we had a sew off. I honestly don't remember who won. I'd like to say I did. Margot would probably say she did as well. But it was a really great space for us to come together and create. Creating is such a healthy outlet for grief, mourning, loss, you know, anything of those sorts. So it was just such a powerful place. And it was also a powerful place to be with my girlfriend and we can create and we can laugh and cry and I have always also been an artist. I loved art class. You know, I was like, how many art classes can I sign up for here? Like, they're like, sir, <laughs> you need to take history. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, no, I'm not really interested in that. They're like, no, you like, <laughs> this is actually a part of the curriculum that you have to take. I'm like, well, I'm looking to do as many art classes as I can. So I've always loved to be an artist to whatever degree. And I'm, I went to liberal arts school. I actually went to school for kitchen and bath design. So like interior at the Art Institute of Colorado. So I, I knew went to I... school for interior design too for one what? year. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So art is definitely in my blood. My, my, both of my grandmothers are artists. And I honestly also have always known I wanted to be my own boss. I don't really know where I picked this up, but I knew this. When I hit this very low low of this very close person passing away, that's when I was like, yep, that is something that I will never work for somebody else again. I won't. I can't. That's not this. I'm just, I have to figure out what I can do to just run my own life because that's the only way I can live this life. This is truly for me to live at my highest power is to not work for somebody. I did know again that I wanted it to be creative. So these things were like all just slowly like funneling in together. So when I first started making hats, and this was over 11 years ago, I like made them as a gift because actually at that time I was making jewelry and knitting scarves and selling that at like little markets. So I had just honestly had my hands into everything that I could until I could really find something that I really loved. And it had been years later, I had moved to Costa Rica for three years oh. and I had moved back. I moved back to Boulder, Colorado. I'm born and raised from Buena Vista. So I was back in Colorado and um, I got a little job at a rock and mineral shop. And I was living in a house with four guys paying over $900 for a room in Boulder. So in this household of guys that I was living with is when I got introduced to bus life. And this is like a big movement. So this is like, you know, van life. It is living tiny, living on wheels, living anywhere off grid, if that's how you also choose. So when I, this was probably like four or five years after I made my first hat and I was like, all right. I did my traveling. I am really ready to start this business that, you know, again, I was living my life to the fullest of living in Costa Rica, doing what I wanted, because again, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do. 
But now is the time to really like line things up. So I had my sewing machine down in the basement of um, our house in Boulder. And I was like, I just can't keep paying this amount of money. I'm going to run out of studio room. I need a home and I need a studio. I literally can't afford hardly one, let alone two spaces. Right, right. And again, this is when I was just introduced to this bus life. So this, um, it's a really cool concept. It was called Bus to Show. So it is a nonprofit organization that transports people to different venues. So it would be like to go to a concert, to go to a monster jam, to anything that where a large amount of people are going and driving a vehicle to. So it keeps, you know, carbon footprint down as far as many people driving. Also, it's a platform where you can have drinks on the bus and go to the event and get a safe ride home. So no drinking and driving, but it's a really fun platform to meet like-minded people. You get to get on the bus. They sometimes have like a DJ. I know it is so cool. And they had... Yeah. So uh, Bust the Show, and they had several different locations. Like one was in Boulder, one was in Fort Collins, one was in Denver. And you just meet up at this spot and get on the bus. And again, you know, they take you to Red Rocks and you get to hang out in the parking lot with everybody, go to the show, have a great time, get maybe too twisted, but it's okay because you have a safe ride coming home. So one of the founders of Bust the Show is Charles Kern. And Charles is like literally the bus guru. He is probably one of the top leading guys that converts school buses into tiny homes, studios, businesses, kitchens, coffee carts, you name it, he honestly has done it. So I met Charlie and I literally was like, you know what? I think actually the perfect platform for me is a school bus. I can actually have a home and I can have a studio. And luckily enough, I had um, some inheritance that came from a great uncle of mine, which I had been saving to either buy a home or start a business. So I was very fortunate to have a foundation. Very much lucky, obviously smart enough to know that I wanted to invest that money. So I invested that money into Lucy, which Lucy is my 40-foot school bus. And that is when it literally, I remember I was sitting in the bar with my friends and I was like, cheers, I bought a 40 foot school bus. And everybody's like, yay, like, you know, fashion, shoes and like handbags, you know, nothing, diesel mechanics, home building. Why, why Lucy? Why did you name her? Because Lucy's so much a part of your identity, like your brand, your identity. She was literally your home. Why Lucy? So literally Lucy, not known Lucy at the time, is my unicorn bus. Where we were doing the build of the bus, where we were going to be doing the build of the bus, um, it was a bus parking lot. So like this guy owned a lot and he um, would have uh, school districts park their buses there. So Charles calls me and he goes, your unicorn just showed up. You better get down here. And I was like, my unicorn boss? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, literally everything that you want in a bus is right here or right now. Get on down here. So I jumped in the car and went down and there she was. She now is a copper penny bus. She was blue at the time. Um, and she literally was absolutely everything I was looking for. And even more, um, I didn't know that I wanted. Yes, she is. Like, oh my God. She seriously is a unicorn. And she 
had been not, she was in another fleet. She wasn't actually on the road. Like I literally felt like I was rescuing this bus. Um, and really sweet enough, uh, my mom is writing a children's book about Lucy and how she no came into way. Yes, oh it's so God. cute. Like it's going to be the coolest little book. Um, and it, it'll be really fun too. At the end of the book, you can actually, um, there'll be stickers so you can do your own design of the school bus. So kids can play with making their own builds of school buses. So you can put Sarah, the I need two copies for my kids. (laughs) Yes, Um, because it's such a fun story. And again, we'll get into this later, but this is about empowering humanity. Like, I'm really lucky that I get to do what I love and make beautiful hats, but it's so much bigger than that. And I had no idea starting this that this is actually bigger than what I would have ever thought it would be. Um, So Lucy came into my life. I had never driven a bus. Charlie was like, well, you have to drive the bus if you're going to buy her. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's go on a straight road. She's 40 feet long. You absolutely need a CDL to drive this. Do not have a CDL to drive this. Um, So I take her for a drive and I'm like, well, for my first and only time driving a bus, I think she drives really well. I think I'll purchase this. Like, I mean, I really have nothing to obviously bounce this off of. Um, so, and Charlie's like, no, she really is good. The engine looks great. Um, so I bought her for $5,000, which now with this, um, tiny house movement, vans, buses, all of that, it, I mean, just her alone because of all these features, um, it would be outrageous. So again, unicorn bus came into my life, perfect price point. So um, I'm into naming everything. My husband's like, do we literally need to name the ski poles? Do we need to name the tent? Do we need yep. to name? I name everything. Me I'm too. Like, <laughs> I love naming. Like it, it ha- all of our cars have names. The ATV Absolutely. has a name. Everything, all the alpacas have names that start with J's and oh my gosh, yeah. It's, I'm so glad that you agree to this too, sister. And honestly, my husband plays along very, very well. But again, when it's like, you know, each ski pole has a name, it's like, uh, this might be a little excessive here. Um, but so I was like, I felt like she was a girl. I don't know why, um, but I the two names, and I had no idea where even I picked up Lucy, but it was Lucy or Meg. So I was like, I'm going to do a trial run. I'm going to try out Meg one day. I'm going to try out Lucy. And I tried out Meg the first day. So I would like walk into the bus. I'm like, what's up, Meg? And I was like, mm, mm, uh. So I tried it all day. Next day came back like Lucy girl. Oh, that I mean, instantly, like I must have even said Lucy girl. So love it. You know, again, I was trial and error. You know, I don't know if you can do that with kids and naming them like at the hospital. Oh, you got nine months (laughs) to pick names. (laughs) The hard thing is, is you don't even know that human being yet. You know, like, again, I had to kind of like Spend some time in Lucy, and she definitely was not a Meg, definitely a Lucy. Yeah. Um, so, oh, and that's kind of like when Lucy started. And, you know, when I bought her, she was a full school bus with seats in it and everything. And I did all the demo on it to rip her apart to get her to be built out. So I did end up hiring Charles Kern to um, do the build of the bus and another guy, Ben, to do the woodworking. So the three of us did the build of Lucy in wow. six months, which in is insane. Yes, it was Were crazy. You so- okay, so all that's going through my head 
as you're telling this is one, were you still in Boulder? And two, where did you park a 40 foot school bus in Boulder County? Yeah. So I was living in Boulder, like you're saying, and I was just working a couple days at the rock and mineral shop. The bus was being parked down in Commerce City outside of Denver. So this was kind of our spot that we could actually, it's tricky. Once you start thinking of logistics, again, where do you park a 40 foot school bus? I mean, there is so much noise and construction that's going (laughs) on with this. We also would work all night sometimes. This is our only option. And also like, where do you dump 60 bus seats? The amount of things that come off of a bus, you know, we held on to a lot of stuff and reused stuff. But yeah, so we were very lucky to have this space. Yeah, Commerce City, it was an interesting space to build. And again, only in this area, they would let you play like 90s rap at four in the morning. And you don't have power tools running all night and nobody cares. You actually might get people coming over that are like, Hey, you're like, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) We're good. Yeah, exactly. And a really big part of my business and the build of Lucy is about manifesting, talking about how it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable to me how many things really fell in line for me. You know, you don't get to just dream things and they don't happen. It takes hard work and drive and grit and it is really amazing what the human can actually create and manifest for themselves. Yeah. Think it, feel it, taste it, smell it. What does it literally feel like to be in this space? I dreamt that and felt that. And I often would just replay, replay, replay. And the next thing I know, I'm in there. I'm doing this. The universe is always here. And I say universe, whether that be a higher power to whatever, whether that be God yeah. for people or... I do believe that there is a higher power in asking for something. And that's even just speaking good. People are like, my knee, my back, I hate the world. And then that's like what they keep getting because and that's yeah, what and then they wonder why. There. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. wonder why things aren't going their way. I'm like, are you kidding? Listen to yourself. Seriously. Like, and it's very hard to break away from that because in our culture, most of the time I would be like, Taylor. You are not looking good. What is up? You're like, love when people say that. Baby <laughs> like, has not slept for two weeks. My marriage, da, 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 da. We always lean to this. When is it that I'm like, Taylor, girl, you are glowing. What are you doing? I need to be doing this. What are you drinking? What is it that is fueling you? Because it is just radiating. We don't lead on that. I love to lead on that because you are that very is good all I get back. You have a contagious energy, Sarah. I just, from the first time that I met you at the lawn outside of the surf, I was like, that girl's something special. And we had just moved here and I was like, I need to be friends with her. And I think it was like two years later that I actually (laughs) ran into you in a social setting and got to know you. Totally. And you know, that's another really cool thing. And I don't even know how to fully pinpoint it. Again, you know, I'm I'm really lucky that I get to share my art, but it's also this love and this light. And again, this reminder to humanity that you can do anything. I am here to empower you. Again, I've never even driven a 40-foot school bus. Doing it. Bought it. Power tools. Do those come in pink? You know, so it's just such a bigger thing. And again, I don't specifically know what this is that I have to offer. But I do know that it needs to be spread. People need it. I need it. 
literally the world needs it. So I'm going to just keep doing it. So Sarah, while we're talking about the, like the manifestation world, what were some of the negative things that you had to overcome and push aside, whether it was from your own family and friends, like you said, your friends were like, Sarah, you know, shoes and handbags. What are you doing driving a school bus? I mean, a lot of people would shut down at that point. And like, you obviously have this fierce entrepreneurial spirit, but what were some of the limiting beliefs that you had about yourself or that other people were like projecting onto you that you were like, stop right there. That is not welcome here. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's always going to be people that doubt you. Literally let that be the fuel that even rages you harder. Mm -hmm. You know, I honestly love when people are like, yeah, good luck. I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna blow you out of the water. Like, even though uh, my parents, they were like, cool. You bought a 40 foot school bus. You know nothing, but we love it. You're happy. We're happy. I mean, literally my parents would be there for anything. They would be like, (laughs) we love you and we want to support you. We may not agree with it. So, you know, I'm very lucky with that because I know a lot of people were like, you literally bought a 40 foot school bus. You think you're going to live in this 40 foot school bus? And also tiny living had just become a big thing, but people couldn't wrap their heads around it. We are consumers as Americans. It is about the biggest TV, the most of this, 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 it's all this stuff. And actually that stuff, I mean, to some people, I think things really matter to me. It's not about things. I mean, I love my things that I do have, but I'm not looking to collect like my grandmother did. I don't hold value in my China set. I'm looking for an experience more so. So again, you know, people were like, how are you going to move all your clothes in a 40 foot school bus, Sarah? You have like 80 feet of clothes. Well, I'm (laughs) going to actually downsize a little bit. Um, But people were very like, good luck in starting a hat business. Right. So you had to, you were going against the grain in every area of your life, your lifestyle, moving into minimalism and then launching, like launching your own business is terrifying to begin with. But then whenever it's an art focused business, you're okay. So I do need to know, do you have your original trucker hat? Yes, I do. I do. Okay. I'll, I will have to see that one day, but yes. like, what was that like moving into that entrepreneurial world and having that feedback, especially when you were like, because you had been traveling. So to go from like traveling and working, working jobs that weren't quite fulfilling you and then wanting to start your own business. That's it. That's a big jump. It is. It is. You know, I mean, I literally just like started fresh on everything. Like, okay, again, doing a build up a 40 foot school bus, starting a business. Again, this, I actually did not realize how genius my business motto is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, upon making it again, universe aligned everything. Years later, I'm like, oh my God, you're such a genius, Sarah. Not <laughs> just it literally all kind of happened. You know, again, I was very open for a lot of things to fall into place. So the more that you open your heart, I do feel the more that you can be expansive on what you can, you know, retain from universe, others, world, you know, whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, also being an artist is, I think, one of it is. So my hats also fall into like accessories, kind of like fashion as well. 
I think art, fashion, and food are the three most subjective things you could ever produce. You could be an amazing chef. I make you the best meal. You don't like cilantro. Cilantro comes out on the plate, ruined, done. It doesn't matter. It is your subjective opinion. And again, art and fashion are very much that. So I felt so much pressure for so many years. Where, you know, as everything is slowly coming together and there are six solar panels that line the roof of the bus, so everything is made with solar power. So it is sustainable fashion as well. So I'm like, okay, I'm a person that makes sustainable fashion. I have sustainable wear. And also a lot of my fabrics are recycled and repurposed. So it took me a couple years to easily like mold of what am I creating? What am I offering? You need to be creating new and different stuff, people will buy a new hat almost every year, depending on how you use your hat, because a hat in use will eventually just get worn out, you know, and you need a new lid. (laughs) So, you know, what is keeping my clients coming back? They need this. It needs to be different. It needs to have a connection. People don't buy the same book from the same author. That doesn't work. You're always needing to be moving forward. And again, you know, I had a, it was a friend of mine growing up, her mother. She said to me, I would never, ever buy one of your hats. It is outrageous. I would probably only buy one because I know you, but like literally your products, not, I wouldn't pay for it. I don't believe in it. You know, and I, and also it was like, okay, yeah, thanks for um, letting me know your real opinion. And again, you know, I needed people to kind of press me like that because I was like, bring it lady. I literally can't believe that you would say that to another woman, let alone somebody that's like your daughter. But you know what? Thank you. Thank you for doubting me because guess what? Exactly. She gave me that fire. I was like, I will absolutely make it work. And also when I started Hex Studio and was living in Lucy, I knew I had taken all this money that was my inheritance to do this build of this bus because I needed a home and a studio without a mortgage or a rent. So I knew that I was going to be living dirt cheap. It might be like ramen for years. Get used to it. But I'm living in my home I built. I love where I'm at because I get to move. I'm creating my work. I'm slowly getting it out. Like I knew the stepping stone was not going to be, some people would be like, they would never do this because it was really hard. I mean, I was downright broke. I mean, I had, I mean, again, luckily I had had this money to have a roof over my head and that was it. But again, that woman telling me, no, I don't believe in you and just slowly becoming more on my line and falling more into my space. And, you know, honestly, my biggest problem, my entire existence of literally life (laughs) and business is been myself. Who is standing in the road? That would be me. I'm looking me dead in the eyes. Totally being like, no, you're not worthy. You're not valuable enough. You can't create this. You're not smart enough. I mean, it literally, it's me. And to realize that and change that and be your biggest supporter, I mean, it's been very hard. I'm still working on it. But but you have to be your biggest advocate and your biggest Absolutely. And that's that's so hard, especially 
again, like you're saying, in a culture that kind of glorifies people who work themselves to death. Somebody who is modest, but not actually modest. Somebody who's like, oh, I'm so (laughs) terrible. I'm so bad. I'll never be able to do it. People glorify that. They're like, oh, look how humble that person is. No, that's that's not humility. That's just pathetic. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Sarah, I want to know what was what was the turning point for Hex Studio? At at what point were you like, oh, oh, I will never work for anyone again. Like you, you already had that fire, but at what point were you like, this is becoming more than I can handle? Yeah. So um, originally Hex Studio business kind of like my year model looked like I would sew all winter long creating inventory to hit the road in Lucy. So in the summertime, I travel on the road and do different festivals. And I do anything from outdoor enthusiast events, like where we both have hung out, Buena Vista, um, it's called Paddle Fest. And it's essentially on the Arkansas River and it's a kayaking event. So these kayakers come from around the world and they're doing a circuit of all these different competitions. And Buena Vista is one of the spots. So I definitely, my crowd, my community, uh, my clients are more of like an outdoor enthusiast. You're definitely like, not only are the huts really cute, but it's to keep the sun off of you. It's so practical. Exactly. It really is. And especially at Colorado, you know, where I currently live is at 10,300 feet. We are baking in the sun. So you need protection. So again, that outdoor community is definitely kind of my thing, but I would do yoga retreats, beer festivals, music festivals, a little bit of everything. And honestly, every year I just slowly started gaining, selling more people were, you know, I, my, my range was broadening because I was also putting myself out there. I went to a festival that was, um, it's, it's called a rise. It's like a big, like EDM. So like electronic music, but they have like installation art pieces and yoga classes and it's a huge, huge venue and not fully by type of clientele. But again, I just had to put myself out there because you just never know. So I needed all that exposure in the beginning. But you know, again, it's coming into that five years of business that yep. I like. I honestly, for a while, I'm going to fake it until I make it. Like, again, I was dirt broke. But again, that was okay to me because I was living the life that I designed for myself. So, you know, again, I'm visualizing this, thinking this, how can I make more product? What is that? But like truly coming into my five years and also um, when COVID hit, things really changed for me. I know so many people just had to pivot professionally, personally. Also, one thing that has kind of started since the beginning of my business is people are really believing in small businesses. They believe in makers. They believe in knowing who you are, who creates their product. Who is L.L. Bean? Who is Eddie Bauer? Who is Patagonia? People know Hex Studio is Sarah. They know these hands make everything. I am everything. This is me. And they believe in me. They want to support me. They believe in my dream. You have a loyal following. You have a very loyal client base. Very much. You know, I honestly, I don't know how to work the Instagrams very well. I'm moving at literally snail speed as far as gaining followers. (laughs) But it doesn't matter to me because I can't outfit 100,000 followers. I can't even make that many hats, you know? 
you're you're the one other than your mom your mom has hand delivered a hat to me before but other than your mom like helping maybe run boxes to the post office I mean the videos that you do share on on Instagram Sarah just kill me because you'll have literally a seven foot stack in towers of boxes that you're taking to the post office and and it's just you and and people love that I mean you're totally you should totally hire somebody at some point if you feel that (laughs) that call (laughs) but it's just it's amazing that you that you're holding this beautiful empire up solo yeah it really is thank you so much for noticing and saying that that truly means a lot you know, and again, it's been so cool to have a community that stands behind me. And again, people want a new hat every year. And, you know, my price point is like around $40 and it's definitely not for everybody, which is totally fine. But for a one of a kind handmade hat starting at $40, I feel is insanely reasonable. I love it. And you have, um, and you have the bright, vibrant colors. And that is my jam. I love yes. like I have the hottest pink hat from yeah. you and I've sent out the green hat. Like I love your hats. When did you start doing custom hats, Sarah? Cause you so have a crazy custom wait list. I do, which is insanity, which is all going to get revamped once I finally make it through this custom list. Custom started honestly, literally right in the beginning. That was one of my biggest money makers. I would meet somebody on the road and they would say, hey, I love all your hats right here, but I'm looking for this. And I would say, let's make a custom together. So customs have literally been from the get-go, which I like doing custom work. My clients bring me really great, challenging things. You have uh, made such cool. So so for people who, who don't know, all, all of Sarah's hats are custom. It's just how much of the influence is her own artistic approach and how much is like me coming to her. Like I, I went to Sarah and actually copied a hat from Amanda where she used the, the aperture from a camera and put the mountains inside of it. And it was amazing. And so she'll do custom hats based on like if you're a obsessed with Moab and you want a Moab scenery with a bike or a cactus with your family cabin on it, whatever. That's the difference that, so when we're talking about custom, it's even more customized and you have more influence as the, as the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. So my client can come to me and we really create anything, you know, kind of thinking along that custom line. I have a lot of clients that um, they're like, this is my 86 Volkswagen bus and I want exactly my bus. I have a Sprinter van and I want my exact Sprinter van with my logos on it. What a cool Um, challenge. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I really do love doing customs. Again, I just need to revamp them as always in business. You are continuing with the ebb and flow and moving things around and trying different things. But customs don't fully fill my cup. I really have been thinking about what I didn't think I would be this successful and I am insanely successful and I can't even oh thanks sister I mean I can't even keep things on website I mean people are like I've had that sell out from like underneath me like five different times like what do I have to do (laughs) which is just insane and it's so amazing that it's so well received but I again you know you're just always kind of changing things. And again, I really love that customs aspect, but um, it's really cool that I've been creating from the heart. So when COVID started, I obviously couldn't travel on the road anymore to different festivals. And that is my main source of money. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is pretty scary. But also I had been asking universe how to get off the road. 
I had recently just got engaged and I also just wanted to be traveling more personally, not professionally. It's really hard traveling for business. So COVID was like the crash course. Here we go. Let's try this. We're not going to festivals. Luckily, I had put in this time and energy to my Instagram platform. I remember traveling on the road and other vendors would be like, I don't even know how you're literally here doing this, let alone like running your Instagram at the same time. And I'm like, man, I just have to keep these platforms running. You know, I need to be reaching as many people as I can. So luckily, I had that already kind of set up and dialed in and just went all into Instagram. I redid my website. My website is so beautiful when you Your land on it. Gorgeous. Thank Aaron, you. you. We worked with Aaron, right? At Hello Rising Tide. Yes, totally. Yeah. And I wanted you to instantly know what you're dealing with when you're coming to Hack Studio. So it's a video. You, It's me in front of Lucy. You follow me into Lucy, into the boss, and we sew a hat together. This is what it's about. It is that intimate because every hat is one of a kind, whether there may be a similar design, hat color and fabric colors will all make them one off, just like all of us. We're all individual. We definitely may have like some characteristics that are the same, but again, we're all us. Well, Sarah, you you have done some really cool partnerships too. Does that fill your cup? Like you you got to work with some really neat companies. Yes, absolutely. So I do a lot of collaboration. So I work with other artists and we come together to bring usually a package deal, whatever they are offering. And then usually a hat is what I offer. And then we create a really great price point where obviously if you went onto both websites seeing, oh, this hat would be this much, this pair of earrings would be this much. This is obviously a really great deal with shipping. So yeah, by not being on the road traveling for festivals, really let me create from the heart, be able to do more custom work, to be able to do collaborations. I'm morphing into what I really do want Hex Studio to be. And I love being at home and making hats and money and not, again, traveling for work and just traveling for fun. I mean, it's just like watching a flower bloom. It is so organic. It is so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, how many hats do you make a year? Like, what if you had to guess? <laughs> I've That's always a really, really great question. Honestly, I would say probably right around like about two thousand. Holy crap! That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. I love it. And I love yeah. it. You are <laughs> so talented. I am just. I am just completely blown away by you. I, I love your tenacity. I love your mindset. And I love how you take what could be perceived as other people's negativity and just fuel it. You're just this force to be reckoned with. And I love, I've always been fascinated by you because you have taken something like a trucker hat and made it this beautiful piece of art that I've literally, Sarah, I've seen people on trails not even in Colorado. And I'll go, is that a Hex Studio hat? And they're like, yes, you know, Sarah. And and then I, I ran into somebody, I forget where we were. We might've been in like San Diego, Sarah. And I saw a woman with a hat on and with, with one of your hats on. And I said, oh my gosh, Hex Studio. And she goes, what? And I said, your hat. And she goes, oh, it's my daughter. She's she just moved here from Salida, Colorado, and and I needed a hat to wear. And I was like, oh my gosh, Sarah's just making a stamp everywhere. It's just, it's so beautiful what you're doing. I want to know, Sarah, what has been one of your favorite failures? Because we both have the same approach to failures, which is that it's 
it's not a bad thing. It's just pivoting us in a new direction. You know, honestly, one of my favorite failures has been taxes. You know, that is the struggle of being an entrepreneur is you are wearing several different hats and you are self-taught. No pun intended. Yeah, legitimately. (laughs) And it was really challenging learning about accounting, taxes, Mm -hmm. what is correct, what are you collecting, not collecting. It changes for every different thing from like how I was used to vending on the road. It would be specific to where I'm at. If I was downtown Durango, that would be city tax, state tax. Oh wait, city tax, county tax, state tax applications that you would be filling out and paying. And again, I did all of this on my own and I've learned through years, I would drag my feet because I hate it. It's not my strong suit. It literally makes me feel stupid because I cannot grasp my head around it, which I really like to pride myself that I'm very well-rounded, but it is really challenging. And I feel, I felt bad to say, Hey, stop. I don't understand that. Hey, that doesn't make sense. I would just say, Oh, okay. Okay. You know, and I wouldn't like literally stand up for myself or advocate that this isn't my strong suit. Like my brain doesn't fully work like that. You know, I really struggled with that for years and then I would get to the deadline and I'm like, Oh my God, why would you do this? And as time went on, I learned that this is where you hire team members. This is where you put and invest because I'm not looking to be a QuickBooks accountant. I'm not looking to be an accountant. I'm not looking to do any of that. But my time, like more or less my money would be well more suited to pay somebody to help me with this. Yeah. Once you get to a certain point in your business, it's so liberating to go, my time is worth more than than this is right right now. Like my time, I could get paid to make a hundred hats, or I could spend all this time doing taxes. It, you're, it's, it's so cool to be at that point in business to realize what your time is worth. Because early on in business, you don't feel like your time is worth anything. You'll do anything for anybody, and you are wearing seventeen hats. But it's, it's very liberating to get to that point. I'm so glad that you like are hiring that out now because we, yeah. we hire out our, our accounting, our bookkeeping, and I don't even realize when April fifteenth is around the corner because I don't care anymore. <laughs> I know. Isn't that so nice? Again, you know, you can't all start out like that, but it's okay to lean into those things that you don't know. It is okay to ask questions. It is okay to need to ask the same question five different times. Like that is okay. I really just had to settle in with feeling not running at my highest level. And that's something that I really, you know, I like to perform at a hundred percent on everything, but that's not possible. (laughs) Right. So yeah. Sarah, what advice would you have for an upcoming entrepreneur? Let's say somebody's listening to this right now. They're at a nine to five that they hate, or they're in a living situation that is not working out for them. And they know that there's a better life, but they don't have the confidence in what it is that they're creating, whether it's a service or a product. Like, What would you say to them now that you're, what, seven years out of it? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great question because I feel very fortunate that I fell into what I love doing. A lot of people are like, I've got it. I know I, I want to do what you're doing, but I don't know what I'm doing because that is really hard. Yeah. How many people are making wood engraved signs? There's a lot. There's a mm-hmm. lot. What are you going to offer that steps you out from somebody? What I would honestly really say to somebody is, again, this manifestation, whatever it is that you are being driven to work towards, 
write it down. What does it literally feel like on your skin? What does that smell like? Your favorite vanilla candle burning because it is totally your space. What does that lighting feel like? What does these windows open up to? The bigger that you dream, the more opportunities that will literally show up. You're like, I am done with this nine to five. I am done living in the city. The more that you think and feel and create and open your heart, the next thing you know, you're going to be like, oh my God, there is a job in Salida, Colorado, in the mountains. It's not fully perfect, but at least I'm getting out of the city. I'm moving into the mountains. I'm one step closer. So what is it that I want to give to this community? I want a community. You just literally dream big. That's like my biggest thing. Like just literally dream it, you know, and hard work is a part of it and drive and grit, but also it's scary. You might have to take a leap of faith and that might be like feeling like you may jump into the deep end and you don't know how to swim, but you can float. You can do it. You're going to learn to swim, but I really do feel universe provides for big moves. And it's scary because it's really easy to say complacent. Why in the hell would you quit your nine to five with a paycheck that pays your mortgage, that gives you food on the table? Because that, yeah, that is stability. But is that really what fuels you? Is that really how you want to live your life? I really sat down and was like, again, I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be so broke, but that's okay. Because it is the quality of life that I'm living right. again. It's not how thick my wallet was. I'd say literally dream big. It's going to be unbelievable what will show up at your doorstep yes. when you open your heart. You really will be like, that was actually a little bit slightly easier than I thought it was. Right. <laughs> I was one of the books that I was reading, and I, I can't remember at this point which book it was, Sarah. It might have been, it's either the universe has your back or you're a badass at making money. It was one of the two, but the author talked about how when you go to order a sandwich, if you're lackadaisical about it and you're like, I don't know, give me something good. They're going to make something and it's probably not going to be what you want, but they're going to make something. When you go to the universe and you say, I want a pita with hummus, no mayo, definitely no mayo. I want extra olives and I want it warmed up to this perfect degree. Then you're going to get what you want. And she said, that's how it works with manifesting in the universe. You have to be very clear. You don't have to worry about how it's going to come to you. You have to be very specific about what it is that you want. If you want to quit your nine to five job, you say, I need to quit my nine to five job and something creative in the mountains has to fall into my lap and there are, I will accept nothing less. And like, yeah, like you, you just have to see those opportunities when they come up, but the universe is going to go, okay, good. Now we know what you need. Now we know what you're asking for. Here it is. You cannot screw this up. It's literally in your lap. Yes. I love that. It's absolutely so true. It really, really is. That was said perfectly, sis. I love that. That's really <laughs> cute about ordering the sandwich too, because it's true. Universe is here to provide. It's just that a lot of people, most, I mean, honestly, more than not, people have no idea what they're going for Mm -hmm. or what they really want, you know? And again, it's really easy to get caught in that nine to five and making money to have that TV, that side by side, that vacation, that shoe, that clothing, that car, this status. But is that status truly fueling you? Does that give you passion? Does that, I mean, I think. I don't know if people really know what life is like really like, but it's scary. Once you get a taste of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and to take something that you, that started as a passion 
and grow it. It's literally like raising a baby. I mean, you you watch it from the time that it, in its infancy where it's not running, but it's it's by itself. It can't do anything for itself. You have to do everything. And then it slowly starts to grow. And I, I love that you gave yourself five years because I was just talking with one of the gals that I coached in my Launch Livelihood course this morning. And she said that five-year goal too. She said, I'm, you know, she's one year in and things are starting to come together for her that she was really manifesting. And she just started manifesting like, honestly, two weeks ago. And so she's like, things are happening. And she said, but I've, I've promised myself five, five years. And at that five-year mark, I'll just cross that bridge then, but I'm giving myself five years. So it's, it's so interesting because, and not to say that nothing happens in those five years, but you have to, you just have to be committed to showing up. You do. And you know, something I love to say, and it's cliche, but Rome was not built in a day. Your business was not built in a day, nor a year or two years. I mean, it really takes you a while to find your line. And also when you're starting a business, you need to tweak it. You know what you might've thought, this is definitely going to work. And no, my clients said they're actually not, that's not what they need. They need this. I need to present them with this. So giving yourself so much space. Again, when do we go to therapy and think that we're going to be healed in therapy in one session? Right. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Everybody should have a therapist for the rest of their lives to some degree. I mean, yes, I agree 100%. Totally. So, you know, just so much grace and space for yourself because we're all just humans living the human experience and definitely doing things differently than like the box that's formed can be challenging. Right. Sarah, I would love to be a fly on the, on the wall at your space and in Lucy. What does your morning routine look like? So I am very regimented. I am like a total creature of habit, very, very structured. But I also think that is why I'm successful is because you do have to be very aware of time management and especially when you wear several hats. And also a big thing about being an entrepreneur is you need to have self-care Mental health is a very big thing for me. I do have a therapist that I meet with weekly, but I exercise. I work out five days a week. I get up and instantly go into the gym. So I do anywhere from about a 20 to 40 minute workout. And that is literally what just kicks, starts my day. But I'm already like, oh, I love days. Like literally the sun is coming up and I'm like, oh my God, I just love mornings. I love this. I love this. And I know that I am very intense for a lot of people in the morning because I am overflowing with so much joy and like, I love it to do it. So then I'll, um, after my workout, I uh, start with coffee and then I jump into emails and messages. So I get myself set for the tone of, okay, I need to check in with my customs. I need to message somebody about this. And then I can set myself in the studio and the studio is my very it's my happy place. This is my zone of genius. This is where I am in the fullest higher powers of Sarah. Like this is me to the T. So I like to kind of get like business stuffy out of the way so that I can just jump into the studio for the day, trying to stay off social media because it's very easy to accidentally right. get on there. And I'm like, oh my God, I just scrolled for like 10 minutes. I will say that I've tailored my Instagram to all my favorite people and things. So Anytime that I scroll, it's just like literally makes me feel so good. So it's just like, yes. And I recommend anybody to do that. Why are you following things that don't serve you? Drop it. Drop Mm -hmm. it. 
What are your rituals inside of Lucy? Like while you're creating, what do you do in that space? Like, do you burn incense? Do you have candles, music, rock music? Like, what are you doing in there to like really fuel your creativity? A lot of times, kind of depending on the time of year, um, I will go out to Lucy in the morning and open up the blinds in her. I'm a very big person of natural light, solar Mm -hmm. passive heat. So I really like my face to be literally warm, bright, and inviting. Like that is literally physically warm. That is the actual blinds open. The sun is shining in. I really just like to feel that outdoor indoor. I honestly am kind of a little bit of a weirdo. I work in silence most of the time. That's not, I do too. <laughs> I'll, I'll, but I mean, but but I have two toddlers, and so I much prefer just silence. Totally. <laughs> like I do sometimes listen to music. Sometimes I feel like music can just make me feel so many different things, which I think is really beautiful about music. Sometimes I just feel so much. That's just kind of who I am that I'm like, oh my God, this is making me feel too much. I do really love to listen to talk radio, but I also have to be very careful of that. I listen to NPR and I get so caught up in Oh, I feel for Mother Earth, our world, our everything, humanity. We're in a really hard place for humans right now. Mm -hmm. And if I listen to too much talk radio, I will get like, oh, I just feel so bad for everybody and everything. And um, I also can't lead on that foot, you know. I can only do what really does serve me. But also, you know, I need to be putting out that positivity. And if I'm listening to all these things that are just draining me, I'm not doing my job of, again, spreading that love and light. So, yeah, I'm a silence girl for the most part. Letting the wheels just turn in my head as I'm like, oh, I wonder about that idea. And I wonder about... I wonder where he is now. I wonder where they are. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like your brain just goes everywhere. I love it. Oh, Sarah, this has been <sighs> such a refreshing and empowering conversation. And I, I do want to end on this note or this question because it just grounds us. And I feel like it's really great as entrepreneurs to come back to where we started. When was the last time that you didn't feel like enough? That's such a great question. And I'm honestly really proud to say that it's been a few years. I, again, it was right around at that five year mark of being in business, of officially knowing. And I have past traumas that I have this, you're not worthy enough. I would say, yeah, just literally worthy in every area, whether that be a friend or a relationship or my work or as an entrepreneur. And man, to not feel worthy is really, that sucks. Bad place to be. It is. And I really feel for anybody that feels that because that's not true. And as a kid, you would have never felt that. It's literally just puts that on us, which it just like dims that light, which makes me sad to see that that's kind of how things can fall into place as you just slowly grow up. But also with that being said is I knew that that was an old story and was not the truth. Mm -hmm. And how do you rewrite that truth and also gain tools to help you mitigate those feelings? These are feelings. These are not actual real things. I absolutely am worthy as a friend, as a wife, as a family member, as a business partner. I'm worthy of all these things. So it was literally getting help. It's talking to a therapist, a counselor, because I couldn't do it on my own. I really needed None of us can. No, no. And, you know, there's this big taboo around it. Like, 
you see a therapist, you must be cuckoo, cachoo. Uh, everybody's cuckoo, cachoo. And um, <laughs> nothing is wrong with anybody to talk to about things. So I've really worked really hard to not feel not worthy. And thank you. And it really is so empowering because I was speaking to my counselor therapist last week and I said, Lynn, I am so proud of myself. I am just like, I have I've just succeeded. Um, and just side note, recently, my dad passed away um, a little over five weeks ago. And uh, losing him, I've really been impressed with my strength and also just the life that my father has given in his passing. But I am absolutely worthy, again, in every aspect. And I could have not said that to you two years ago. I probably that. couldn't even say worthy. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like you'd be like, are you okay over there? I'd be like, I can't talk about the word worthy. So yeah, which is really empowering. And I don't want to step back into that. There is definitely times that it creeps up. A weird place that it creeps for me is in my dreams. My dreams yeah, sometimes dreams trick me so and say that you aren't worthy of this. And I have to remind myself, yeah, no, 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 you are, girl. You are worthy of all of it, even more mm-hmm. than you could ever imagine. And that's what I love to remind people. Everybody is worthy of anything. Sarah, you are amazing. You are a, literally just a ray of sunshine. I love when I see your face in my DMs. Cause I just, I just like brace myself for awesome to come through the phone and you're just, you are such a gift to our community and this world. And I am so, so honored that you have spent this time with me and with, with all the listeners right now, this is just beautiful. I'm, I'm so grateful for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for holding this beautiful space. And I so admire you and your work and everything that you're offering. Again, you are not just a photographer. You are offering so much more. And that is exactly what makes you, you and your business and your family. And people see that and they feel that and they connect to that. And that's exactly why you are such a life force. And it's been really awesome, I think, for us to both witness and watch each other bloom and expand. And Absolutely. this is literally just the tip of the iceberg. We have so much to offer. <laughs> I mean, it's literally, I like get so excited. I'm like, I, I don't even know. It's going to be like a goddamn TV show that I'm going to have. I don't even know <laughs> yet. I hope you have your own TLC TV show. You deserve your own TV show. <laughs> I did do a little HGTV show. I will say that. I have, I have heard of this infamous HGTV show that I have not seen yet, but I've, I've got to go find it now. Yeah, it's a, and it's a really cool one. Just a quick, if anybody is interested in building a tiny home, whether it be in a bus, a van, or literally a little tiny home, it's a cool little 26 minute, literally from the build of the bus, from a bus to what it is now. It's just really fun because again, you need inspiration. You need to yeah. see that. Blondie here can totally just make them power tools look good. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to go buy me some car hearts today. That's hilarious. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. We're going to have all of Sarah's contact information in the show notes so you can get a hold of her. Check out her beautiful work. And if this, if this episode has empowered you, has resonated with you, please share it with your friends, family, a coworker, like anybody that you think would, would just 
love to hear Sarah's story. It's such a beautiful one. And thank you so much for being here with me, Sarah. I, I just love you, girl. You're amazing. Oh, girl, I love you too. Again, thank you for holding such a beautiful space. And I just can't wait to all the beautiful ears that are going to hear this. Like, I know. Oh, there's going to be, I call this contagious love. So don't be shocked when your heart is filled with love and awesomeness at the end of this. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, we will end on that note. Thank you so much. And we will see you in the next episode.